welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers. I am your host, Joshua Tracy. And I am Corwin Miller. And uh, today we're going to be talking just kind of about the world of what's been going on in sports recently. This is going to be another Around the Horn episode, which, if you're not familiar with that term, comes from baseball. Um, that's just where if the pitcher gets a strikeout, the catcher will throw it around each infielder around the horn. Um, general term for general discussion, <laughs> I guess. You good there, big guy? Yeah, still trying to beat this flu that I've uh, been dealing with for a little while now. Yeah, so Corwin had the flu and I was so. in California, so we had pretty comparable weeks. Slightly. <laughs> Just a bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, we're recording this on um, February 22nd, so I, I landed back in the great state of New Jersey like two days ago, uh, right to a snowstorm um, as a very harsh New Jersey go-fuck-yourself hello, um, which I expected nothing less, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pennsylvania hasn't been much nicer. I doubt it, especially at State College. Yeah, I mean... Last night we had to shovel snow so we didn't get fined, but there was probably a good four or five inches with just sheets of ice just sandwiching it. So, Yeah, time. it's been fucking ugly. Um, anyway, we had a lot we wanted to talk about. Today's episode is actually supposed to be about the MLB spring training starting. There was the first uh, crop of spring training games today, actually. Um, but there's just been so much else going on. We thought it might be a little bit more interesting and fun for us if we talked about a few different topics from a few different um, leagues and sports and whatnot. Uh, to start off, like I said, this is Friday, uh, February 22nd. So today is the day that the story broke about Robert Kraft getting caught at a massage parlor um, soliciting... Yeah, quote-unquote massage parlor in Jupiter, Florida, soliciting sex work um, as part of a greater sting to... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Dude take down a, a, a... He was getting handies, but it was part of a, a greater uh, uh, sting to, to capture um, people involved in human trafficking violations. Yes. Uh, yeah, this shit's been fucking wild. Oh, <laughs> so um, just I was reading into it while you were given like the rundown and there were uh, so far, I think, seven women charged with racketeering, money laundering and prostitution. And at least one of them was charged with human trafficking. And then there's been more than two dozen customers um, charged with soliciting prostitution. So uh, the interesting thing to me, other than Robert Kraft paying for handies by some Korean massage parlor workers, is um, Adam Schefter came out and said that, um, actually I believe it was Schefter, regardless, he came out and said that Robert Kraft isn't even the biggest name um, in this case and that uh, an even larger figure is going to be announced later on. So uh, possibly by the time this... Uh, is getting released there's going to be an even larger news story that we get to talk about there's so much that's fucked up with this like i i really am having a hard time even picking where to begin like the the moral conversation of what the fuck you know like now 
I'm going to actually come out and start this by saying, I don't care about people paying for sex. Yeah, I, I, think, I think sex work is a, a fair it's business to be involved in if you do it, you know, on your own volition and it's all clean and it's all paid for and everyone's not being forced to do it against their will. Like, if you're a legitimate sex worker, I got no problem with that. Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing for both of us is that he somehow got himself wrapped up in human trafficking. And you see, and that's the part of the story that really fucking bugs me. And why, yeah. like, if, I, like uh, if he got caught in, like, a Trump-style thing where he was, like, flying a porn star out to go fuck him... Like, I get why that would be a scandal, because he has, like, a wife who's, like, 40 years younger than him. Um, so I get why that would be a scandal-ish. The reason... But I wouldn't care that much, because, I mean, that's, like, a personal affair. The reason this bugs me is he was paying, what, 80 bucks to get a hand job, yeah. And he didn't question... In, in Jupiter, Florida, and he didn't question that at all? That's the part that's driving me crazy. Is dude, you're Are a seventy-seven-year-old you billionaire. Being eighty dollars for a hand job. Well, no. Like what I'm a, saying is a big number for you, or no. What I'm saying is that if you're worth a, if you're worth, if you're worth a billion dollars. <laughs> no, no, I'm not even saying this to be funny. If you're worth a right, billion no, just, dollars, it's... you can go do whatever the fuck you want. Why would you get? Why would you willingly involve yourself in something as shady as that? Like, that's, that's what I'm saying. He's got to have been compliant in my eyes because why the fuck else would you do this? You have the money yeah. to go pick, go on Pornhub, pick a porn star, and say, I want a fucker, and then make that happen. Dude is rich enough to buy Pornhub. He might as well be, for all <laughs> practical purposes. So, it like, you're not wrong. Like, it is hilarious just because... What the fuck are you doing getting a hand job from some random sex worker in Jupiter, Florida? Like, how do you not realize that that is fucking hilarious? Like, the, there has to be a higher level of involvement from Robert Kraft than that's, what we're seeing here. That, to me, is why it's not funny. Like, if he was just flying porn stars out to go fuck him, or, like, he had, like... A, like a hot chick in every state he would just slam whenever the Patriots were on the road that to me would be kind of funny the fact that he got it's so seedy like it's so seedy it's not funny it will continue to be funny to me until more information comes out with more implicit you know shit that goes down I think as that's is fair. if he's just flying down to Florida getting hand jobs from Korean women that's fucking funny, and I'm gonna laugh every time. But yeah, if he is actually involved with this trafficking. That's a bigger deal. No, that's a good point. If this if this story didn't have the words human trafficking in it, mm. it would be hysterical. Yeah, yeah. Um. So let's just tie this back into sports. What do you think happens now for the Patriots? Major investigation, probably. Um. You know, I just don't really see how, I mean, the NFL is the NFL, but Kraft has so much pull there that I don't think anything is going to happen until he is, like, convicted in a state of law. But, like, so let's say he is convicted and all that. 
What would the punishment even be? Um, like actually, or like by the NFL? No, like what do you think in a perfect world it would actually should be? Again, by the NFL or by oh no, by the NFL. Sorry, by, by the NFL. My bad, um, I, I misunderstood. Make him sell the fucking team at the very least. Major Honestly, fine. I think the same thing. Like, I don't want to go NCAA level and just be like, hey, you can't go to the postseason for a couple years and you can't sign free agents. But he's going to have to sell the team if this is true. And and that's that's it sounds really harsh, but like if if this is the like think about what 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 else can they do? Like if he goes to jail for which he's not going to do, but if he, if he goes to jail for like 5 years, he still makes money off the fucking team. It's it, he still owns yeah. the fucking team. And and I really don't think he deserves to own the team. If if no. this is all true. Even if it is just the misdemeanor soliciting a prostitution, I'm still a little bit skeeved out by that. And maybe maybe that's not sell the team levels of bad, but like I mean I I, I think happened. the NFL should find the fuck out of him. I mean, look what happened with uh, Roger Sterling in the NBA. Like, he dropped the N-word and was essentially forced out of his team and had to sell it. Um, same thing with the former owner of the Panthers. I actually forget what he did, but the NFL forced him Sexual to Sexual assault. There you go. Yeah. Didn't pay for it, though, so I'm sure that'll be a big difference. And then what sucks is that, like, he'll sell the team, which involves him making money off of the sale of the team. And, like, it's a shame. Um, this is bizarre, and I never thought I would see this headline. Ever. Like, I would... If this headline... Let me ask you this. If this headline was was Al Davis instead of <laughs> Robert Kraft, I would it find... Would, would you find this more believable? Of course it would be. Oh, yeah. It would be fucking funny. Dude, that 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 that's a Farley Brothers movie waiting to happen. <laughs> oh, my bad God. haircuts everywhere. Yeah, that's like the first thing I thought of was just like his like bowl cut, like shaking up and down as he's getting like his little willy jerked up and down. And I, I don't know what he sounds like in real life, but in my <laughs> eyes, he always looks like he's about to start speaking in a really thick Louisiana accent. So I can just picture him going, it's like, I fly down to Louisiana for my haircuts, then I fly to Florida for my hand jobs. <laughs> then I fly Oakland, uh, watch my team, lose the game. <laughs> Jesus. Um, That's like a Michael Scott impersonation of, like, a Louisiana accent. That's because Louisiana accents are only belong to people who aren't real people. Louisiana accents sound like alligators trying to talk. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. We have to move on. This is Yeah, we should. Uh let's keep it in in the family of football. Um so Le'Veon Bell is going to be a free agent. Yes. I, I mean what do, do you what do you what do you think? Um <laughs> do, do you care? No. I mean, this is something that we saw coming since like October, September, October of last year. Um you know, it, I think this would be a bigger deal if we didn't have the next thing that we're about to talk about happening with the Steelers. Um, it's just brutal about how this is going down. and Like, honestly, the Steelers have just dug themselves a hole, and they are 
here to lie in it and there's nothing that we could do about it and I could just be upset about it and complain and oh poor me poor me but at the end of the day he's going to be a free agent a team is going to pay him a lot of money that's nowhere close to what he was asking for or what he could have gotten with the Steelers um, but he's still going to come out and say how great it is to play for this other team that actually values him and all this BS and you know yeah, the the way I see this, this is going to be a it's going to be a story that's sprinkled in throughout the season. Like it'll probably be a story when he does sign with the team. Like, ah oh man, are the Jets or who else has a lot of cap space? Colts or whatever. It doesn't matter. Are the is X team gonna uh, willing to really take this risk on Le'Veon, consider he set out the season. And then it'll be a story after a few weeks, if he does really well, everyone will be like, wow, it looks like it paid off. Or it'll be, if he's doing really poorly, be like, ah, shouldn't have done that. Um, like, you will be able to predict the content of every single story that was going to happen with Le'Veon Bell from here on out. And that's why I don't really care. Yeah. I really don't either. Um, Honestly, I'm like, I, I still want him on the Jets. Yeah. Honestly, like the big thing to me is like the Jets were saying that they think he's very much out of shape um, after not playing and that he's up to like 240 pounds, something like that. Yeah, but that article came from Manish Mehta, That's which is true. why I don't yeah, believe it for a fucking damn. And it's it's in 260. Like really I'm sorry, but I I thought two hundred sixty pounds like, nah, wouldn't make sense. Two forty would make sense. I know who the fuck is gonna be- who believes Manish Mehta to begin with. The dude is trash and oftentimes just flat out lies <coughs> to get He's clicks one of on those his articles. Guys who, like, his articles are like something he would think of in bed as he's falling asleep, and he's like, "I'll write about that tomorrow. That's good enough." Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I don't believe like I don't believe he has a single source in the world, and he just makes shit up until like I don't even know. Uh, can't stand it. Regardless, I do still want him on the Jets. I know I've been sitting here and saying I don't care where he signs and all that. Um, and I don't, as a football fan, as a Jets fan, I still want him on my team because he's good at football. But as a g- more generalized football fan, this is no longer an interesting story. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So transitioning to the other um, former probably stars Steelers player the uh, whole Antonio Brown situation what do you think dude is not okay um, I think he has some serious mental health issues going on and we are just witnessing the brunt of it um, he is not acting as a sane human being and I just don't understand it um, like, we signed him to an extension. We very clearly want him to be the face of our franchise and our star player moving forward. And he just doesn't care. Like, he is just, he wants to be put in essentially a worse situation. He's treating this like he's in free agency, which he has to know is not true. Um, I just don't get it. Um, I, I'm not sure I do either. I'm, 
he wanted to be the highest paid wide receiver in the league at the time that he was signing his extension, and he he got that, and mm-hmm. he was. Yeah. Um, he wants the ball a fuck ton, and he gets that too. Um, this could either be what you're saying, like a Kanye West style, just mental in the limelight for too long. Something happened on the inside, and he's just been rocked. Or you could put this on the shoulders of Mike Tomlin and say he let this happen. Not wrong. Which, I mean, might be a bit of extrapolation if you don't want to dig at Tomlin that much. But at the same time, given the history of that Steelers locker room with him in it, uh, I mean, fuck, man. It doesn't look good for him. No, so it, it could be that he just got it could be that he just kind of got out of control because he had nothing to ever reel him in. You know, man, this is just I am amazed by what's just happened with the Steelers this past season, this past like calendar year, essentially, just like all the shit that has just come to the forefront immediately. They could very realistically end up being like the worst team in the AFC North um, in like two years if Ben Big Ben retires because they won't have oh, they still have James Conner, who's good, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they don't fix their defensive problems and their fringe Hall of Fame quarterback retires with no good wide... Like, they'll have Juju and they'll have um, Connor, which are solid pieces, but they're going to have crazy question marks on defense and everywhere else. So here's how I see the Steelers over the next two seasons before Ben retires. We have a good enough offensive line running back and top wide receiver to keep us above 500 our defense is so bad in so many places that there's no way that we're going to be able to compete for essentially the AFC North realistically unless we could fill those holes and I just think I honestly think Mike Tomlin is just holding this team back with all the um on the field issues with consistency and the locker room drama that has just shook this team. I think it's time to move on from Tomlin. And just yeah, I think I think we'll look back at this era of Steelers football as one of the bigger what ifs, because yeah. it, on paper it seems like they've always had the firepower to be the rival to Tom Brady, um, and and Bill Belichick and the Patriots, and they just kind of. They did feel like, like, you know, here and there, but it was really inconsistent, and the Steelers' record against the Patriots head-on is not good. Um, so I think it's going to be a weird, a, a very interesting what-if set of articles in a few years. But, I, I mean, what is there to say about it now? Where do you think um, Antonio Brown would head um, head out to if the Steelers end up trading him? Who do you think would, would sign up for that? Um, I think the front runner right now, in my mind, is San Francisco just because they have the need, they have the cap space, they are out of the AFC. Um, I think that would be a really good fit for them. Um, Supposedly, there's been three teams that have reached out to try and pick him up. Um, I have no idea if any of those teams are offering what the Steelers are asking for, which is essentially a first-round pick or a high two. 
um, I don't know. Like, it's hard to think, like, what teams are in a position where they would trade for a top wide receiver, be willing to pay top dollar for him, and also be enough and essentially just be in the NFC that the Steelers would be willing to trade with them. I mean, based on your criteria, the Niners makes a ton of sense. Yeah. I've heard some Jets people talk about, like, what if the Jets traded for him, and I'm not sure I really want to deal with that um, because he is expensive, and I'm fine with spending the money on Le'Veon and free agency because uh, I can deal with having one kind of a headache around. And also, while I know what Le'Veon did is controversial, I do still think <coughs> it's an easily defensible thing to have done based on the fact that, like, the franchise franchise tag has been uh, widely criticized over the past few years. Like, it's not like this came out of the total blue. People talked about this kind of thing happening for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think while his actions are certainly bold, they're at least relatively justifiable, whereas having Bell sound, uh, Brown sounds like a way more of a headache right now, and I don't need that with my young quarterback. But San Fran makes a lot of sense. What would you think about the Packers doing it? Giving it one last go. So the Packers have two first-round picks this year. And they could be making a push with Aaron Rodgers. And their receiving core outside of Devontae Adams is poor, to put it kindly. Um, Absolute shit. I could see them being a front-runner, too, if they genuinely wanted to make a splash. I think that makes sense. It's going to depend on how LaFleur wants to run that offense, but I I think that makes sense. I'll check my draft, but I'm pretty sure they have, like, the 29th, 30th pick. They have the 30th pick, so that's a low one. Honestly, that would be – that's kind of where I view it being the perfect spot for them if they are willing to give up one for a uh, top player. It's, you know – their other pick is at 12. I don't think there's any way anyone would trade that for Antonio Brown in this situation. Um, no, not with the amount of money he was, he's going to uh, cost. Well, it'll be something interesting to keep our eyes on. I don't expect anything to happen uh, f- until OTAs at the earliest. And even then, I wouldn't expect it to happen until preseason. Yeah. Um, so let's transition on into baseball then. Sure. So the biggest news far and away is that Manuel Machado is finally on a fucking baseball team. Uh, he's signed with the San Diego Padres for $300 million over 10 years' time. Uh, it's a base salary every year of $30 million. There's no backloading. Uh, the exception being this season, it's a $20 million signing bonus and then $10 million base salary because the um, signing bonus is not taxed in California the way that a salary is. He got his money. So, he got his money, man. Um, He signed with, like, the best farm system in baseball and has been for, like, the last, like, two or three seasons. What do you think, man? This came out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for him to go to a team where they'll actually play him at third base. I'm excited for him to play for such a lovable team. Um, I'm excited that it's... A big enough and long enough contract where 
he's basically going to be their veteran presence as they build up this what is hopefully turns into a Astros level dynasty not dynasty but Astros level meteoric rise of a team this is pretty this is going to be fun to watch you know Machado's I, I think is underrated last year and I think uh, I like him playing for a likable team that's not the Orioles or the Dodgers for sure um, I still do wish in my heart of hearts he went to the White Sox because for some reason I just can't not like the White Sox I don't know why I like them to begin with but I find them so lovable um I don't get it either. I've been sitting here trying to think of why I like the White Sox so much, and I don't know. Um, so part of me is a little bit sad he didn't go to them, just because they tried. All right, so let me actually say two things about the White Sox. One, I think it's really cute that they tried signing all of his friends and family <laughs> to contracts <laughs> in an attempt to lure him over. I think that's fucking adorable. Um, on the other hand, though, there was a lot of shit being peddled by like the GM of the White Sox and all that, saying, like, yeah, but he could have made more money here. Like we could have, we were gonna go up to like all the way up. He hit all his incentives, three hundred fifty million dollars, and that's bullshit. I'm sorry, that's absolute bullshit. This is the MLB, okay? Yeah. If you, this is the big league. If you want to play ball, offer a guaranteed contract to shut the fuck up. No one cares about your goddamn incentives. No one. Could, if you are really willing, in your heart of hearts, willing to spend three hundred fifty million dollars on the guy. Offer him $350 million. Who the fuck are you kidding? That's bullshit. It's Bush League. It's not big time. You got to be an actual GM of a team. Who the? How did you get outbid by the Padres? Because they were willing to do it guaranteed. You small-time yourself, Chicago. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, I missed you. Thanks, pal. I missed me too. Uh, so I I think the, the prospect of the um the San Diego infield is really interesting. I think that it's gonna be super fun watching Machado and Urias and Tatis Jr., Francisco Mejia. Eric Hosmer's over there hanging out. I hope he gets better at conversation because that's all he has to offer right now. No, I think he, I think he can be an acceptable player. I really do. I know that contract's still never going to be worth it, but I think he can still be a decent player. Um, my real concern is Corwin. Yeah, I'm listening. Name me, name me three pitchers, any kind, on the San Diego Padres. Oh boy, uh, Joey Lucchesi. Joey Luchez is one. Um, Give me two more. See, I'll tell you what. I looked at their <laughs> starting rotation yesterday, and I cannot name <laughs> one of the four left that I saw yesterday. Um, yeah, this is really ugly. Like, this is really yeah, ugly. That's going to be an issue, I imagine. So, there's... Sorry. I had nothing to say. This is an issue. That's, oh, okay. that's the end of that. That's Yeah, so right now, Joey Lachesi, who is going to be going to his sophomore season, is currently slated as their number one starter. Number two is... That's uh, Don't be wrong. I like Joey Lachesi. That's not good. Uh, the number two is some guy named Robbie 
Erlin? I don't know who that is. Hold on, let's go uh, um, check out his... Uh... It's not even worth it. After that, it's some guy named Logan Allen. Like, these guys don't even have pictures. Like, I have no idea who these guys who, are. Who is the second um, guy? Give me the second guy. Robbie Erlin. Um, Robbie, R-O-B-B-I-E, and then Erlin, E-R-L-I-N. Like, I have no idea who that is. Robbie Erlin. Here we go. Here's his baseball reference. One mouse will work. Uh, <laughs> and then, real quick, the the only re- the only relief pitcher I I know the name of the only one out of the eleven listed here is Kirby Yates, and Kirby Yates is listed as being their closer, and Kirby Yates is not a closer. But anyway, continue. So he has had five seasons in the majors. Has never had, what? Who is he? Has never had a win loss rec- percentage above five hundred. Has a career ERA of 4.4 and a no. career war of negative 0.1. No! Oh, my he God. Is useless. So this is, this is my concern, Corwin. This is my concern. Yeah, which means it only goes downhill from there. Oh, Jesus Christ. My concern is that this San Diego's Padres team is going to become the Texas Rangers. Where they can mash dongs all day, but they have nothing in the ways of pitching. So, like, if basically my concern is that the Padres are going to go from losing games like six to one to losing games eight to five. We're like, hey, we got five, but like, wow, we couldn't fucking stop anything. That's my real concern because I, well, I still think this is a good idea. I still totally in favor of the Machado contract. And I, I have nothing but faith in a San Diego Padres front office that has accumulated a beautiful farm system and very good starters, or starting position players, that they can figure a way to make this make sense. I don't know how they're going to make this make sense, though. Because at some point, they're going to need to bring in free agent pitching. And while I believe they do have the money to do it, because they said that they were still going to consider, and then they said they're not going to consider, but they said they were going to consider... Harper and Machado, they definitely have the money to get another pitcher out there. I'm still, if I was a Padres fan, I'd be excited but concerned. I have no idea how they think they're going to be able to also get Bryce Harper. That's wild. They're they're not. I mean, yeah. Yeah, But it's wild that they think they can still get him. I th- I think that the reporters were saying that they hadn't, that the, the team hadn't ruled it out, but then Padres execs came out and said, no, 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 no. We're fine. Hold your horses. Yeah. Um, to quote an old Bill James adage, uh, rest in peace. Not <laughs> 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 okay. Yeah, just throwing that in there for you, Corwin. Uh, there's, no, there's no such thing as a top pitching prospect because pitchers are the most volatile people on the fucking planet. That's why a pitcher, a good good starting pitcher is worth his weight in gold because that shit is erratic. I mean, it it's insane. So and and it's easy they're fragile. It's easy to hurt uh, your elbow in general, <laughs> especially when you're trying to throw 95 miles an hour 100 times a day. So I am concerned but optimistic about the San Diego Padres, which is more than I'll say about most teams in the MLB. Yeah, I mean 
if I hadn't already sold my fandom to the Cleveland Indians, I would be considering uh, being a fan of the San Diego Padres from now on. The real question is here, Corwin, though, is will you will you purchase a brown San Diego Padres jersey when they go back up for sale? I don't know. I'm kind of torn. They look so I might. nice. I know you're going. I really might. You're going. Yeah, I probably will. You're going. I really want. I'm de- really the only debate for me is over the next two years until they get released. Is it going to be Tatis or Urias? I'm excited. Um, I mean, I'd probably go Tatis myself. But well, we gotta see how they pan out. You gotta give them time. Gotta give them time. All right. So my next topic for baseball is the MLB has instituted what? <laughs> Before we go on. Um, I wanted to see what number Fernando Tatis Jr. was, so I googled Fernando Tatis, and it was like a bunch of like Manny Machado headlines at the top, and then his father's picture from when he played in like the Dominican leagues, and I was like, yeah. this is an old prospect, oh my god, this guy looks like he's 50, um, he's actually 44, so, you know. Well, yeah, it's like... um dumb guy. It's like when Patrick Mahomes Sr., I heard him talking on the radio once because he was, like, not a very well-known pitcher because he didn't last very long and wasn't very good. Right. Um, and, no, you know, no discredit to him. So he's still pitching the show. Mm-hmm. But he used to, his, his joke was that, like, when people were like, oh, who are you? He'd be like, oh, you can just Google me. And now he was saying, like, now I can't tell people that because when they Google Patrick Mahomes, it's just my kid. And I was like, aw. He should still pull that shit. Like, Google me. Google me, bitches. All right. So my next thing is that the MLB is instituting a pitch clock for the spring training. Now, before I read out um, all the details with it, just on principle, what do you think of this? Meh. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I liked the idea when they were talking about it just to speed up the game. I know it hasn't really done wonders and actually speeding up how long games last so i'm meh excited for it i'd like to see it so the, the, better than it probably will but meh. It, it's going to be interesting because the minor leagues already has this so every rookie who has been coming out for the last like oh i don't even know how many seasons they're all accustomed to having a, a pitch clock already mm-hmm. it's not news for them um, I do want to say pace of play, just to be a nitpicky bitch, uh, is not about how long the game takes. It's about how long it takes for there to be action between events. So, that. in that respect, I do get it. Um, and I think... So ah, they're not that bad. I think on the whole, I like it. I will miss some of the like small gamesmanship that I know people don't give a fuck about. Like, you know, batter steps out because the pitcher took too long reading the signs. And when the batter steps out, the pitcher gets offended. So he's going to step off the mound and do a lap. And while that is boring, like nine times out of ten, I will miss it that one time out of ten. Yeah, you're right. That's nine nine times out of a hundred. So that's what I'm saying. There's going to be like a a situation here and there where I'll be like, that would have been a good time to fuck with him and take forever. But in general... I will not miss Daniel Mengden taking 45 fucking seconds to throw a stupid fucking pitch with that dumbass windup he has. I really just right. can't wait for being able to watch the umpires abuse this power this season. 
and the absolute ire is going to come from this. I think what's going to be interesting is how they're, where they're going to put the clock because it's um, as I'll say in just a second. Um, there's a clock for the clock applies to both the batter and the pitcher. Re- so allow me to now read some rules. Replace the batter's eye. Just make they'll never do just that. make it it's a dangerous. thirty foot clock counting down. How would the pitcher see, bud? Um, mirrors on his the brim of his cap. These are easy. All of answers. this going. All of this is going wrong. <laughs> easy answers, Josh. Just, just, just put a, a microphone in his ear. Just going, ten, nine, <laughs> eight. <laughs> just do like the um, Family Feud buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. The rules. All right. Um, there shall be a twenty-second pitch timer between each pitch. That's just the 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 overall. The pitcher must begin his wind-up motion. So pitch doesn't need to be delivered. Just his wind-up motion. Or the motion to come set before the twenty second time timer expires. So you just need to start like no like the pitch clock's not gonna expire and you're gonna get issued a ball in the middle of your windup. Like if right. you've come so you set to, and you're ready to deliver. So never mind, this is an audio podcast, so I'm not gonna act it out. <laughs> <laughs> For, so again, this will be interesting to see how they enforce it. But from what I'm seeing uh, wind up motion or come to set that leads me to believe that that's very workable um, I'm going to be interested to see if this increases the number of pickoff attempts with runners on base or if they'll even do it with runners on base but um, we'll we'll see yeah. the batter must be in the batter's box and alert to the pitcher at the 5 second mark of the pitch clock timer so now that's going to be interesting because now it's like, well, can you still ask for time if it's beyond that last five seconds and the pitchers come set? Because um, then maybe we'll see more of that as an extension. Uh, I do, I, I, on, on principle, like this, though, because I like that they're putting some of the onus on the batter as well. Okay. I'm with you on that. Um, the 22nd pitch... second. Uh, the 20-second timer shall start after each pit of an at-bat, beginning with when the pitcher has possession of the ball in the dirt circle surrounding the pitcher's rubber and the catcher is in the box. Yeah. yeah. It's one of them. All right. Um, start and stop timer, 20-second pitch timer, only starts after the first pitch of an at-bat and subsequent pitch, subsequent pitches of the at-bat, so it will not apply to the first pitch. So the very first pitch of the of the at-bat will not have a timer to it. It's only the second and then subsequent pitches. Okay. Um, I don't I don't know why that's one of the rules because I didn't I can't think of a reason why it would be, but clearly they have one. Otherwise, they wouldn't have done it. Oh, pickoff play. Here we go. Pickoff play while pitcher pass balls. The timer shall reset to 20 seconds when the pitcher is in possession of the ball in the dirt circle or the catcher is in the second position. Oh, so you can just throw a million pickoff attempts. Okay, so that doesn't clear anything up. Pitcher faints. Oh, pickoff play. All right, so this one's pitcher faints, a pickoff attempt, or steps off the run- rubber with runners on base. The timer shall be immediately reset to 20 seconds. All right, so if the if there's runners on base and the pitcher steps off the mound... The clock resets. That seems quite pointless, right? Um, again, I don't even know. 
I don't know. Oh, that's about weird. These rules to actually. To actually what, Corwin? To understand them on a deeper level. Yeah, I'm actually with you. The more I'm reading, the less I'm getting a good picture of how this is going to look, and we're just going to see this happen in games. Uh, there's 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 three more. They're quick. Uh, a foul ball says that the timer shall not be used on the next pitch. Uh, mound visits, the timer shall be stopped and then not used on the next pitch. And then if the umpire calls time, oh, this is what I said earlier, um, the timer shall stop and not be used on the next pitch. So there seems like oh, there's a lot of litigation going on with this. Um, the MLB also released a Q&A section of this same document I'm looking at. I don't really feel like going through it because we've already asked ourselves enough questions and I don't want to drag this on. But this seems like a lot of litigation for this, which, again, minor league players coming up might be used to because it might be the same. But uh, I have zero experience with this. Do you have any insights or thoughts? Uh, Insights, definitely not. Um, I think it's just going to be one of those things where people are going to moan and bitch about it you know, the first probably month or two into the season, and then after that, everyone's going to be acclimated, and nobody's going to give a flying fuck anymore. Except for, like, you, Darvish, but he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't really... I thought I was going to hate the intentional walk rule more than I did. I still kind of missed that one the most out of all the things, only because Gary Sanchez hit a triple off of an intentional walk, and I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> um, but I actually do think that the point makes a lot of sense, and it is kind of nice. Um, I thought that the mound visits one was going to be a lot, not bigger of an issue, but maybe just more of a stink than it really was after like the first month, because everyone realized that you don't need to go visit the mound six times in a game. And if you do, it was probably a really bad game for you. You're you're probably really fucking up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, like I said at the top of this, I everyone, all the young guys should be used to it. I don't see why it should be a huge problem, but I'm really interested in seeing it in-game. <laughs> yeah, um, it's going to be one of those things. I mean, what, um, preseason games are starting today, tomorrow? Yeah, today was the first day. Today. So, I mean, I'll definitely watch a couple games here and there and see how it works out. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I'll take this over a runner on second to start extra innings any fucking day of the week. (laughs) You're not wrong. That's a shitty fucking rule, and I hope never actually occurs. Makes total sense for the minor leagues where it's not about how long the games are. It makes absolutely no sense for the majors. But moving on. Uh, Connor McDavid was suspended two games for a hit. I know this is going to be old news by the time this comes out, but I feel like we never see Connor McDavid get suspended. Yeah. Uh, did you see the hit? Um, I didn't. But actually, I think I did. Um, it was, yeah, I mean, it deserved two games. I'm glad they're not signaling out singling out uh, Connor McDavid and giving him a little more leeway than a normal player would get. Um, so this is the first time I actually in- agree with what the Department of Player Safety is doing. I, I All right, so I have two things on this. One, um, 
their the department of player safety was right. Um, this was the right thing to do. On the other hand, though, that shows me that they have some kind of a compass. You know, they have some kind of understanding. They have context. They get things. And that just it baffles me even more. Like, now that I know that, you know, like, why do you do half the fucking things you do? Like, part of me would almost have preferred that they showed Connor McDavid preference, because at least it would be in line with the stupid bullshit they churn out every time a fucking problem comes up. But now that they show that they had a fucking head on their goddamn shoulders, I, like, don't even know what to expect now. It's like, are we going to get, like, the dude who actually thinks through his problems, or are we going to get the guy who goes, Tom Wilson ain't that fucking bad. You guys are just lazy. Yeah. Like, I I don't... I'm watching the hit get again. It. It's not as blatant as some of the random shit that Tom Wilson has done. Um, yeah, this to me, the, the hit to me is a very good example of just a textbook. You shouldn't do that. It doesn't seem like overly malicious and it doesn't seem yeah. super intentional. Like, it definitely seemed to hit him. It, like, well, we wanted to hit him, but I can it to me. It looks like Connor McDavid didn't mean to make that hit as bad as it was. But at the but same time, but it's still such a bad hit that you got to enforce it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sitting here trying to say McDavid shouldn't have gotten games. Two games is perfectly reasonable. Right. He hit the head. He followed through with the skates. Like everything about the hit is textbook. You don't do that. Even though it didn't come in like a malicious. It's not like he stood over the guy and was like, "Yo, yo, I'm gonna fuck your mom after this." Like, um, you can see that but, like, he pretty clearly pulled back when he was about to make contact. Um, I just... Fuck the player safety department. I This doesn't make up for anything they've done in the past. Yeah, it really doesn't. It really... I still hate them so much. They're my least favorite department in the world. Um, they'll only be <laughs> on my good side when they kick Tom Wilson out of the league. They'll only be on my good side when they kick Vontaze Perfect out of the league. <laughs> That was exactly anyway. what I was gonna say as my follow up. <laughs> I fucking hate you. No, you. Oh, you love it. Um, Matt Deshen got traded. Yeah. What do you think? Um, Another first round pick, thing right? To me, yeah. Um, the big thing to me is: Does Columbus really think that they're gonna be able to re-sign at least some of these superstars? Like, what's no. going to happen when all three of them fucking walk and they have absolutely nothing to show for it? I don't think I could just see John Tortorella walking into, like, the GM's <laughs> office and the owner's office before this trade being just dick out, <laughs> all, like, 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 like a whiskey and Coke in hand. Like, y'all motherfuckers need to get me talent. I got this. Give me two months. Give me two months. We're winning the Stanley Cup. I got this. Yeah, until and they were just so afraid. They were like, "All right, all right." Uh, yeah, I I don't fully get. I don't get anything about John Desch- uh, Matt, John Matt Deschen's whole like thing. Like, why did Ottawa trade for him to begin with? Um, why did the Avs let him walk? Why did Columbus trade for him again? Well, I mean, I get um, why the Avs let him walk. I don't get why Ottawa were the ones that traded for him. And I don't get why. Like Columbus nothing about this. Him. Nothing about this makes sense. Yeah. Like, I really don't get it. Hottest um, wife in the NHL, though. Ooh. I I'm gonna feel creepy if I Google that. So I'm just gonna believe you. Um. Yeah. The, Columbus. Did they stand a chance in like the playoffs? 
Um, I don't think they realistically, do. Realistically, no. But shit happens all the time. I just, you know, I don't expect them to get past the second round. But you never know. I mean, yeah. DeShane's a good player. He he is. Um, I don't watch enough of the uh, Blue Jackets games to, like, really know what their deal is. But I didn't uh, – I was never under the impression that, like, they were just missing one more forward. But uh, no, I mean, they're not a very deep team. They're very top heavy, but their entire season so far has been Artemi Panarin, Cam Atkinson, and Pascal Dupuis. I think it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, they have if they good were in- defenders. They have a good goalie. Like they have good play, good pieces at every position. They're just not very deep. Some might even say it comes down to coaching at this point. Yeah. yeah. Torts. Uh, yeah, if they were in the West, I think it would make a ton more sense because that shit's so up for grabs. But I kind of see, like, if, like if not even the Metro. Dude, the whole fucking uh, Eastern Conference. Like, if you ask me to pick at the start of the season, hey, Josh, who's going to play in the Eastern Conference final? I'd go, oh, probably the Capitals and the Lightning. And if you ask me today, hey, Josh, who's going to play in the Eastern Conference Final? I'd probably look at you and go, oh, probably the Capitals and the Lightning. Um, so I don't see – like, like they're not even, like, the fifth best team in the league, so I don't get it. Now we gotta but figure it out. I, I want to move on, but I, I, I'll say I do get wanting to improve your team before the deadline because every team wants to. This just seems like a fuck ton, whereas I don't th- – think that makes sense so would, good for columbus yeah. hope it works out don't get it in all honesty they are probably the seventh best team in the east behind the lightning oh, ruins Maple Leafs, capitals penguins islanders and you could argue they're worse than the hurricanes who technically are above them in the standings I, I would argue that they're worse than the Hurricanes because the Hurricanes have at least shown a spark this season. That's true. They've at least shown the capability of winning. So uh, let's move on. Best team. Yeah, I think I think that's very. And I actually, now that I said it out loud, I do think it's coaching because I, I never cared for Torts much. I like him um, as a person. I like him as a meme. <laughs> yeah, he seems like much. a dick. Anyway, uh, Kucherov hit a hundred points. It is February. That's. Wow. <laughs> I just wanted to take 30 seconds to jerk him off like, you know, Asian chicks with Robert Kraft because I really appreciate what he's doing. Uh, you're a bad person and I love it. I'm a terrible guy. Uh, no, that's fucking crazy, dude. 30 goals, 70 assists, which is just, you know, beautiful to look at. 30 goals isn't insane. 70 assists by... Before the th- before the end of February is crazy, dude. That team around him is just so good, yeah. and he's proving that he can be the goal scorer that they need him to be, mm-hmm. and like the setup guy that they need him to be. Like he is just killing it. I don't really have anything else to say about it. I just wanted to point out that he's probably going to win like the Art Ross and the Hart Trophy this year. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to be like. Whenever someone has 100 points, it's goddamn February. That's worth saying at least, good job, bud, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I also wanted to just make a brief note that the Western Conference is a fucking shithole, though I think I said that already, and I don't know what else yeah. to say about it. 
I mean, outside of what the fucking San Jose Sharks? Sharks? Yeah, yeah. that's re- really nothing worth writing home about. And it's crazy because like there are a few teams there I thought were like genuinely going to be like good, good this season yeah. that like aren't. Like I really thought like the Canucks, not that they'd be like good, good, but I thought they'd be big step forward, good, and mm-hmm. they're I okay. The Predators were going to be better than they are. Um, I mean, granted. They oh, are, true. You know, they have seventy-seven points, which is great. I just thought they were going to be a better team. I thought. Mm-hmm. Oh, they won the President's Trophy. Oh, yeah, you know. Recently. Like, I mean, yeah, you, they you got really the think that they'd be better. <laughs> I thought that the Avs were finally going to, like, continue their upward oh, trend, yeah, and they sure. have not. They have tanked this second half of the year. Um, Dude, like, every team. Kind of disappointing. The Flames are really yeah. the only team that's really outpacing what we expected from them. Yeah, the the Western Conference. I mean, I guess if you're a fan of Western Conference team, it sucks because your team is not doing great. But it's also great because every team is not doing great. So like, seemingly everyone is in the playoff hunt. But fuck, man, that division's a. Sh- I don't know how you can look at any team gonna, that's going to make the playoffs in the Western Conference aside from San Jose and maybe the Flames and think to yourself, "Wow, this team has a shot in the Stanley Cup Finals." I mean. After tonight, the Lightning might have 100 points as a team. Like, that's insane. The Ottawa Senators already are incapable of taking the number one seed in their own conference, in their own division, because the Lightning have that many fucking points, and the Senators suck. And they have twice as many points as the Senators. Twice. It's not even... uh, No, it is funny. It went from being not even funny, and now it's fucking hysterical. Do you know what the Lightning's current record is? Oh, the record record? Mm-hmm. Um, how many total games? 62. 62. All right, I'm going to say um, 45, 13, and 2. Uh, very close. 47, 11, and 4. Oh, my God, it's better. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, oh, really close. They have 40 wins. Oh, it's nope. better. I was be- – oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus! Oh, I'm grabbing my heart. If they, it hurts. They genuinely could finish out the year with five times as many wins as losses. Dude, Steve Eiserman, man, Steve Eiserman's one of the greatest GMs in history, baby. He's like, I'm. If John Elway was a good GM in football, it would be equivalent to that. No, I'd actually say it's. It'd be more like if Bill Belichick. Was also a Hall of Fame quarterback. Or like if Tom Brady became Bill Belichick. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not Tom Brady, but like Aaron Rodgers became Bill Belichick. Okay, that's fair. Because if Wayne Gretzky was this level of GM, that would be a whole other level. Oh, no, it wouldn't. No, no. Eisenman retired, though, didn't he? uh, Didn't he walk away? Wasn't this his last year? As GM? Yeah, I thought he retired, like really suddenly, like for like everyone was like, "Whoa, what the fuck, Steve?" Yeah. Okay. On September 11th, oof, ironic. Um, 2018, with one year remaining on his contract, Eiserman announced he would be stepping down as the GM, but will remain with the team as advisor to the owner and governor, uh, Jeffrey Vinnick. Yep. Eiserman was succeeded by his general manager. Yeah, Julian. Bryce Boise. 
Man, um, we got cut out all, all right, that was a huge that tangent. Yeah, awful. we're going <laughs> to... Yeah, that's not interesting radio. So, uh, I don't think I have anything else with hockey. Um, as a um, Just a, a, a side... Do you have anything? No, I don't think so. I mean, we made that list at the beginning. I don't, do you have anything else on there for hockey? Not for hockey, okay. no. Um, I, I did write down one thing that I forgot to bring up. I thought you might have something to say. Um, Zion... Uh, shoe busting out um, just as a passing comment at the end here yeah I think that they made that out to be a bigger deal than it actually was um, it really sucks the bad luck Nike has had with um, malfunctions with their products with uh, LeBron's jersey ripping like opening game of their first season um, with NBA jerseys and this being the biggest college basketball game uh, in a long time um, I mean, their stock dropped significantly yesterday or two days ago when it happened, and it's already one point one billion dollars. It's already right back to where it was. Like they did not suffer long term from this at all. Um, I think the big loser here is Duke basketball fans who probably saw the last of Zion playing for them this year until possibly March Madness. Um, just because I think that. The smart move for him would be to sit out and take some time off. But honestly, I think this story has been made out to be more than it actually is. Um, I I'm with you, although I'll make a side note at the end. Yeah, I, the dude's six foot eight, two hundred and eighty-five pounds. Like monster. He's gonna have. Yeah, shoes are gonna have problems when they encounter him. Right, like I, I mean, what? And especially because he, he's such a. I don't watch much college basketball. I actually mm-hmm. watch more college basketball than I do NBA basketball. Um, I think it's more fair. Anyway, from what I understand, he, his whole thing is his kind of like explosive nature. Like at least that's what I've been mm-hmm. hearing fucking constantly. And when you kind of move two hundred eighty-five pounds on a cut dime, like what do you expect to happen yeah. with shoes? They're gonna. I mean, it sucks. If it wasn't Nike, I'd be will- more willing to say it's a bit of a fluke. Nike, I have problems with. And this is actually rearing because of what they're doing with baseball jerseys. Because I found out that they're not making baseball jerseys. You know what they're mm-hmm. doing? They are using Majestic to make the jerseys and then just put their logo on it. Right. So basically, I'm sure that there will be quality control to some degree. But what's incentivizing Majestic to make a good jersey? Uh, Especially because their logo ain't going to fucking be on it. I mean, the fact that they are trying to stay with this contract and continue producing MLB jerseys. Um, Uh, I mean, granted, their logo isn't going to be on it, but I don't think that should stop them from trying to produce quality jerseys. It shouldn't, and it won't. Because I believe in Majestic, especially because this is the only thing that they have. I don't know what the fuck else Majestic makes. Yeah, like when they lost that contract to Nike, I genuinely thought they were going to shut down as a company. Yeah, I, I, I literally could not point. Like, like when how do you Reebok scale down lost from the, that? Um, huh? How do you scale down, down from that, from producing all of the jerseys for Major League Baseball to essentially nothing like how do you scale down their affiliates too yeah i have no idea literally no idea but what i'm saying is when i was reading about this 
apparently this is what Nike does. Nike basically doesn't make anything. Mm-hmm. Like what Nike themselves actually produces is almost nothing. I think we what they do the is that they buy up. This. We might have we they they buy up smaller companies and then they just have those companies slap their logos on shit, which again I think is going to work out most of the time. I think that's going to be working out for you most of the time. But I think you're going to have a problem like this. I think this was a high profile accident, but also something kind of in the making. Well, it explains so much for why I hate wearing Nike clothing because as someone who is six foot eight, two hundred and fifteen pounds, I am an odd shape. And I yes, have no idea how Nike clothes will fit me when I buy them. It is so random. No, it's a fucking crapshoot. Oh yeah. my god. That's why I don't buy the like, I have one pair of Nike shoes mm-hmm. that are too narrow, which is annoying as fuck. Like um, I'll buy their dry fit stuff because I know that will fit me perfectly. I will not buy anything else. Yeah, no, buying Nike gear is super frustrating. So I, I don't really have much else to say on it. I thought it was just a kind of pop culture topic that's been going on, so I figured I'd get it out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the last thing I've written down is that today was also announced as being Jeff Sullivan's final day at Fangraphs, the uh, baseball analytics and statistics website. Um, he's also the co-host of the Effectively Wild podcast, the podcast that made me want to make this podcast. Um, I am incredibly saddened by this. He's stepping away because he got a job with the Tampa Bay Rays. So he's going to be joining the analytics department with Tampa Bay, um, which great for him. They're a very analytics-forward organization. We've talked about them. Corwin and I have jerked them off so hard Seemingly every time we've talked about uh, small market teams. Korean prostitute. But it is, um, I wanted to bring it up because on the one hand, I am very sad. And I want all of you people to know that I am very sad. But I also do think it's interesting because where else do you really see this happen other than baseball? Because he's not even the first dude from fan graphs. Let aside like 538 or baseball prospectus or the ringer or whatever just from fan graphs he's like the third person in the last 12 months to get hired by a major league baseball team where else do you see that should happen we saw it this year in the nfl with mike mayock going from the nfl network as a draft analyst to gm of the las vegas raiders wasn't he formerly a gm though no he has never worked in a uh, front office before Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I thought he did work in a front office. A no, I'm thinking of Mike Maycock. What? Mike Maycock, uh, oh. NHL analyst. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, that's He was bad. the GM. I know, right? Yeah. Um, But that that's one of the things I think is cool about baseball. I just wanted to hit on a little bit is that creativity with numbers is so valuable. What's up? I looked up Mike Mayock's uh, Wikipedia page. He played in nine uh, NFL games uh, over the course of uh, three seasons. Um, The extent of his career stats are nine return yards in one, one return for nine yards. And that's it? That is it over three years. That's tough. Hate to see it. And then no front office work, just straight into uh, just analysis. Straight into scouting, yeah. Oh, scouting. Well, like he he just did uh, 
he wasn't listed as having scouted for any actual teams, just um, just scouting for the NH NFL network. So have you? I've, um, can you think of any other guys who who have done this in in the world of the NFL? Uh, I think the closest you could come there is saying that um, uh, what's his fucking name, owner of the Cowboys, Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones technically, with zero NFL experience, became a GM as well, um, because, because he, he bought the team, the team and then made himself GM. <laughs> uh, John Elway, possibly, but I mean he was no, nah, but I, I he was a player. I don't think that counts. You see players doing that shit all the time. Look at Steve Eiserman in the NHL. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Ron Hextel with the Flyers. Did he That's pretty common. Front office. Yeah, like he was, like he didn't just go straight to GM. He worked in the front office before that. Billy Bean. Anyway, I just wanted to to to, to briefly give an ode to Jeff Sullivan. Uh, I feel like he's dying. He's not dying. He's just going to go work for the Tampa Bay Rays. But Rest I'm gonna miss Jeff some of like some of the most Say interesting baseball articles. And this is what I'm really saying here is that creativity in baseball writing is super valuable because that's the competitive advantage with baseball. You know? There's competitive advantages in, in every sport. They're usually physical. Baseball's about just weird, goofy shit. You know? Where if you have a blog for fifteen years, <laughs> A major league team could pay you a bunch of money to tell them secrets. Like, it's it's a funny-ass world, man. My resume and cover letter are available upon request. <laughs> it's very small. <laughs> it does not have a lot of significant information on it. Yeah, um, me, me neither there, pal. I've been applying for internships like crazy. It is not, oof, not fun. Yeah, I, I recall that part of my life. But um, we have people that inspire us to do shit. I'm sure you've got some NFL analysts that you've always been a big fan of. Um, Jeff Sullivan's always been one of my guys. I, I, I'm, I'm still excited to see what effectively Wild has in store, but I just wanted to pay them a quick tribute in these trying times. I'm sure the Fangraphs community will all sit Shiva together. <laughs> Jesus fuck. <laughs> All right, let's end this fucking shit. And uh, yeah, I also want to say, I also just want to say, I, I, w I was at Dodger Stadium last All week. Right, I got right, a right. chance to see um, a bunch of really cool stuff they had on display. They have copies of all of the awards that their players have ever earned, which was really cool. I got to go down on the field and stand behind home plate. I got to go in the Dodgers dugout. It was really fucking cool. Um, one of the coolest parts No Dude They were like Do not step on the grass Like They were like Do Not Step on They made us say We're like Alright guys We're gonna go up on the field Where are we not stepping We're like The grass Like they take that shit Seriously Should take that uh, shit on the grass One of the cool things That they also had Is that they had They turned their Team store into a museum for the off season and it being February, they had black history month. So they had the whole thing devoted towards black players in their own organization and the Negro leagues, um, which was really, really cool. One of the things that they had there was they had Don Newcomb's um, 
MVP award, his not a replica, his actual MVP award, his actual Cy Young award, and his actual Rookie of the Year award. That's um, cool. And seeing that shit in person next to like his uniform and a bunch of bio stuff about him was absolutely awesome, like in its literal sense. And then literally two days after that is when he died. And I, I just I couldn't believe died. it. Yeah, no, legit. He died like, I, so I guess that was um, three or four days ago now. Uh, he, uh, he, 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 like, I was literally like, I didn't touch it because I, I knew I shouldn't. But, but I was like, could have stuck my hand out and put my hand on his MVP award. And I was telling Pete, the, my, my friend that I was with, like about who Don Newcomb was and who Campy was. And like, he knew Jackie because everyone knows Jackie. Um, I was just telling him like, like a little bit, like, the very small amount of of Dodgers black player history that I that I knew from the time and then to see that he had passed away <laughs> like legit like less than 72 hours after I was there it was wild to see Josh you killed um, him I really think I did yeah. I really think I did I think I I must have I, I, maybe he was just allergic to the Jews but well I uh he can say hi to uh, Bill James and Wade Boggs for us and Jeff Sullivan and Jeff Sullivan yeah um I just want to close by saying Dodgers Stadium's fucking awesome. Dodgers organization's super fucking classy. LA fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I have zero desire to go back. Nice. Y'all motherfuckers need police. <laughs> what the <laughs> hell is happening in the city? <laughs> anyway, that's it. I'm 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 done. Oh, Read us out, boy. Alright, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. If you want to hit us up via email, you can do so at JuicingTheNumbers at gmail.com. And if you want to find our website, you can do that at JuicingTheNumbers.Wixsite.com slash website. And that's it for today, folks. Take it easy.